Welcome to Uncharted Careers. I'm Courtney Hartman, and I talk with guests each week about their career paths to give listeners an insider look into different industries, how folks have made decisions in their careers, and we'll explore what each guest has learned along the way. I'm on a mission to share knowledge that is only learned in the field outside of a classroom. Join me to find inspiration for your own career. Thank you, everyone, for joining another episode of Uncharted Careers. Today, I have my cousin, Josh Rigger, on the podcast. He and I separately ended up in healthcare technology sales, and so it's been really cool to compare notes and learn about how things happen at his company versus mine. So you'll hear us talk a lot about Josh's influences and how he sought out advice for advancing his career. He talks a lot about our grandfather's influence, which has been hugely impactful for the both of us. Our grandfather was a really highly respected basketball coach who went on to build and run the Nick Summer Camp program, which Josh attended as a kid. Um, And, you know, seeing a family member like our grandfather have such a profound impact on so many through his coaching really inspired both Josh and me. Um, I think it's really helpful to have someone to look to and say, that's the kind of impact I want to make in this world. Let me learn from them and do it in my own way. So you'll hear how Josh took those learnings and how he implements them in his career. If you like this episode, please subscribe to listen to the next one and please leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Those are hugely helpful in having uncharted careers reach and inspire more people. Thank you. Enjoy. I think that one thing that definitely has brought some positive vibes to me is throughout the day during work, Ruby, my golden doodle, multiple times came up to me today and kept trying to jump on my lap during calls and give me a ton of kisses. So I will say that definitely brought that nice positive vibe energy. Oh, is she usually trying to go to mom? She usually does stay with mom most of the day. (laughs) Um, I'm at Carly's desk right now in our bedroom. And um, mm-hmm. I usually sit in the living room. So I would say 80% of the time Ruby is in the bedroom. So it's a nice little change up today for me. Oh, that is so nice. Oh, it's the best when dogs are just at your feet while you're taking a really stressful phone call. They just bring so much joy. And I think the funny thing about it was in the beginning, I was so nervous when you were on camera with mm-hmm. external you know, clients or any, even just internal colleagues. And I was always scared that Ruby would almost make a ruckus. Mm -hmm. Now everyone's obviously more pushing to bring Ruby on the camera versus the (laughs) way. I know. That's the best. Every time I bring Jamie out, my Jack Russell Terrier, people get so excited. Now I just like hold on to him for fun because it brightens up everybody's day. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for joining me, Josh. Let's go ahead and get started um, talking about what you currently do today. Yeah. So currently today, I work at Frisia Life Sciences under our client experience team. It's really special for me. Um, My first job out of college was at Frisia. I've been here for almost six years. We're actually approaching the sixth year now. And specifically, I work under our sales team in the organization. Mm-hmm. So are you working to only bring on new business or do you also work with existing clients to upsell them? Yeah. So it's definitely a mix. We work both with upselling as well as trying to bring on new clients to our platform specifically within my focus within the life sciences organizations. 
I'm always so curious, how did you decide to go into sales? I feel like some people have seen somebody be really successful in sales and so they've wanted to follow that path for a while and others have kind of just found themselves in sales. Uh, and you know, if you are successful, it really keeps you in. Um, so when you were graduating from college, how did you decide to even look for a sales job? That's a great question. In full transparency, I really did not know that I even wanted to go into sales. I've always had an interest within the business realm. I was really fascinated by communications, by marketing. So I always knew that I wanted to go into some aspect of business. In my progression in looking for a job after college, kind of doing some of my research, I was really trying to think about skills that I felt that I possessed with ultimately make me successful in my career. And some of the skills that I've felt that were necessary within the sales uh, realm was definitely being a strategic thinker, being able to communicate, being able to develop relationships. So when really looking at where I wanted my career path to move forward, um, I felt that sales definitely identified to certain strengths I possessed and that I felt like I could exceed uh, you know, within that business part. Yeah. And when you were looking for an industry, how did you land in tech and healthcare? I always knew I wanted to go into tech. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do per se. I mm-hmm. always joke about it. it's really funny. One day, senior year, second semester, I got a random you know, LinkedIn message from a recruiter at Freesia. I called my dad and I was like, hey, like I know I've kind of always been interested in sports, but healthcare is pretty cool. It's going to stay around. Like I think there's a uh, you know cool field to go into. And then kind of doing more of my research, it definitely, I felt that was a really good position for me and kind of going my career specifically in healthcare. I took a, a decent amount of healthcare classes specifically within economics um, during my tenure at Ithaca. So just those things definitely excited me uh, for the opportunity to pursue it specifically within tech and healthcare. That's interesting that you had a recruiter reach out while you were still in college and Full transparency, I graduated from college in 2012. I don't think anybody when I was graduating then even thought about LinkedIn. So can you tell me more from your perspective of being a college student and like creating a professional brand before you're out really in the professional sphere full time? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing that I when I give advice about seniors in college is being very active with your communication. So first and foremost, doing your research. LinkedIn's a great tool. Um, look up companies that first and foremost that you feel that you can identify and being successful at. Go to their websites, go to their job career websites. I know there's a ton of job career uh, events during uh, college. So definitely try to attend those. But kind of coming back to it, really being able to almost market yourself, um, really doing the research not just applying and adding a resume, really looking to do a cover letter, seeing where the objectives are within that job portfolio. How can your strengths identify to those objectives? Really trying to truly almost sell yourself to, uh, to ensure that you're able to kind of grasp that next steps with that recruiter. And would you say it's kind of imperative now as a college grad uh, to have a LinkedIn and to have it be branded well and in your voice and all that? Yeah, I think it's vital. Um, I think that we're seeing more than ever really even in today. Uh, you go on LinkedIn and you see over a thousand applications for a job. Yeah. How are you going to differentiate yourself versus the rest of the pack? And I think LinkedIn definitely plays a vital role in that, just ensuring that you're up to date, you're putting your certifications, your strengths, 
listing, um, you know, past job experiences, if that's through internships, if that's through just maybe you working other side jobs during, you know, your college career, even high school career, um, definitely being a sound foundation for your LinkedIn. It's just definitely very vital ultimately to be able to differentiate yourself from the pack. Yeah. So once you did get the job um, out of college at Freesia, what was your position then? Yeah. So I entered the um, at Freesia as a sales development representative, specifically. So I was helping support our team in creating new initiatives um, within our accounts. How long were you an SDR? I was an SDR for about nine months. And then I made my way into the traditional, uh, I'll quote, client experience sales team where I've been now for almost four plus years. Yeah. And I think that is a really traditional trajectory um, from to grow within a sales organization to start as an SDR and really grind. Can you talk more about like what those days looked like when you did first start? Yeah, um, definitely a lot of email and phone outreach to say the least. And something that I always talk to our current SDRs or just anyone generally interested in becoming SDR is the willingness to accept failure. And I think that's something that's really hard and is hard for anyone. I mean, I'll say it for myself. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. But being able to cope with failure, um, in the end, in any type of job, you send many emails, you make many phone calls. There's a high rejection rate, and specifically within sales. But being able to understand and keep motivating yourself to keep pushing forward is just so vital, specifically for SDRs. Yeah, it's so important to have that resilience and also to know yourself and to know, okay, if I'm getting off this bad phone call and it was really tough, what can I do on my end to get myself back into the headspace to make the next call? Because you have to, you can't just yeah. stop for the day. Yeah. Um, so you need to know, like, I need to go for a walk. I need to make coffee. Like you have to have your um, things that work for you, especially in an, a role like an SDR. No, I totally agree. It's just, it's almost like that next at bat. Um, just being able to continuing to persevere and understand that it's almost like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You keep pushing, you keep putting the work in, if you keep putting the time in, you will see success. And I think that also just applies to not just even your daily job, but just life too. Yeah. I also heard somebody say recently, I can't, for, I can't remember who it was, but you mentioned failure and somebody telling you no really isn't a failure. And she was saying how she wishes that we would redefine failure as just not trying. And I think that really is what it is because every time you receive a no, it gets you closer to that next yes. If you don't receive those no's, you're not getting any closer. And that's the failure, I think. I think it's like that famous quote, you know, you get knocked down nine times, but it's about that 10th time you get up and it's really just Mm -hmm. continuing to push yourself. Um, I think when we think of failures, I don't think it as almost like a roadblock. I think it as more of like a stepping stone. So learning from, and I don't want, I hate to use the word mistakes too, but in the end we, you know, we always think about what could have gone better, but really applying those to those next concrete steps you have and really just taking those learnings to ultimately push yourself forward. Yeah. So tell me about being promoted into more of the traditional full sales cycle role. What yeah. what were you doing when that happened? So, I mean, as of now, I'm definitely honestly more on a traditional you know, sales team. I know I say the word sales, but I like to say, think of myself more as a client uh, relationship uh, person. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing about sales is developing relationships. I truly care about 
you know, the people I speak to, the people I work with, and uh, kind of going more just into sales, it, you know, it, it, it excites me. Um, I know we kind of talked a little about my career path, but I will say sales definitely drives me. Um, I am definitely someone who likes to win. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like to lose. It, I think you probably could say that's probably the truth through us growing up. But one thing that I really just do enjoy about sales is almost like that climb up the hill, um, mm-hmm. being able to work on something for such a long time then achieving in the end. But at the same time, too, you know, learning from mistakes and also applying that to those, you know, those next steps. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you think is the most challenging part of working in sales? I think the most challenging part of working in sales, I know I already said, honestly, failure. However, I would definitely would say, you know, just being able to wear multiple hats. Um, I joke sometimes I make a schedule for myself and those daily tasks I need to accomplish. And then obviously there's a thousand other fastballs I get thrown at you at the, during the day. So just really being able to balance your emotions, being able to balance your work, being able to balance your social life. I think that all kind of comes into play with sales and just really being even keel and just kind of working through those different aspects. Yeah. Six years also is a long time to be at one company. And I think it's important. I know for you, like you always want to feel like you're growing, you're getting better. What has helped you over that time to become a better salesperson? Are there resources or books that you've read or podcasts or things like that that have really helped you to grow and develop? Yeah. um, I'm so fortunate to work at Freesia for many reasons, but I will say one reason is just the mental and men, you know, people I've been able to work and learn from. Um, I've had such great mentors in my life at Freesia, and they've really helped push me. Um, I've had a few different managers, you know, throughout my career thus far at Freesia, but really just applying the lessons they taught me throughout my career has definitely helped shape the person I am today. Um, again, I just think that being able to connect with people is such a vital importance of these of any type of job. But again, being able to take feedback and apply that as a next step. I always say that in the end, feedback is the best thing. And once you start not getting feedback, there's something wrong. And you can't take feedback so personally because in the end, they just want to see you succeed. Yeah, I think that is so true and feedback is so important, but it can be really hard to first start getting feedback because you feel like it's personal and it can feel almost like just criticism or an attack. Do you remember a time where feedback felt a little personal and do you have any recommendations for how to move past that so that you are in this headspace to feel really open to gaining feedback yeah and making uh, it productive totally um kind of going more maybe into that so uh you know every now and then you know you'll work work on something you know put a lot of time and put a lot of effort and you might have comments back you might get feedback maybe it's something you're working on and yeah you know sometimes definitely you can take it maybe a little bit more personal one thing that i've always pushed myself again is not to take it personal but at the same time let's say that i'm confused maybe about some of the feedback just mm-hmm. approaching that person maybe provide to you just setting up time just asking questions i think that shows your commitment first and foremost to becoming better but at the yeah. same time also just talking it out understanding what can you do better what can you do better for next time um, I think, again, that shows your commitment, not just to your job, but also to improving and growing yourself. Do you ever review the tape? Do you listen to your calls and think about what you would do differently next time or what could have been better? I don't necessarily review tape or my calls. Um, after bigger calls, though, I definitely will debrief myself, maybe I'll debrief with other you know, colleagues on the phone. And I definitely will think, hey, I, maybe I wish I said that or uh, you know, maybe I could have presented this a little bit better. But again, I, I truly don't try to 
you know, dwell in the past, I really try to keep pushing forward. Um, I always think that it's important for self-reflection to see, you know, on, you know, take times, you know, in during losses, what could have gone better. But again, not spending too much time on there because again, there's just a path forward and you've got to ensure you're staying on that path and just taking all those lessons and objectives that you learned um, from your mistakes and pushing forward. Yeah. And you talked about the importance of having really solid mentors. Can you tell me more about those relationships and the types of conversations that you've had that help you to grow as a person or even how you have found a mentor? Because it's not always, you know, a a manager necessarily is a mentor. It could be somebody else in your company. It could be somebody else that's in sales. It could be somebody that's totally separate from what you're doing. So can you speak more to those relationships? Yeah, I'll definitely give maybe one work-wise and maybe one a little bit more personal. So I mean, work-wise, I will definitely give credit where credit's due. I have an amazing manager. Um, She is just someone that pushes me to my limit, but she knows how to push me to be better. Um, I think one of the greatest satisfactions when I succeed, she feels like she's succeeding too. And I see that smile on her face. But at the same time too, you know, we've worked through things on how I can self-improve myself, you know, through my writing, through different things. So kind of just taking everything that she teaches me and applying it, not just to my work life, but also to my daily life. Um, that's definitely one aspect. I will say too, you know, talking about our grandpa, Gramps, he definitely taught me so many things in life that I don't just apply to my everyday life, but I also apply to, you know, work. I think one of the biggest things that grandpa taught us was specifically being able to go, keep moving forward. Um, I mean, we could go through all the life sayings and life memories and all those, you know, sayings of the days they taught, taught us, but something I think grandpa just instilled in me was just the confidence and the, willingness to keep pushing yourself and i think some of those aspects i definitely take it to just both my you know work wise as well as my personal life yeah for people that are listening that don't know our grandfather was a basketball coach for many years and one thing that he did over the summer was run the knicks uh, basketball summer camp so um to get families more involved in the franchise. Kids would join the summer camps all over the tri-state area or mostly New York. And uh, our grandfather would run them and many of my siblings and cousins would attend. So I never had that experience really of being coached by him. But I know, Josh, you did and you attended those summer camps. I'd love to hear more about the impact of seeing him coach and lead. Yeah, I mean, I think one of his famous sayings, shoot for the moon, the worst thing that could happen is you get lost in the stars. Um, I think it was just always like that kind of motive to, you know, always be your best. Oh, and I, you know, something he always taught me too was if you can lay down at night and put your head on the pillow and say that you did everything you can, that's okay. But it's that aspect of when you can't lay down and say, hey, I wish I did that. I wish I did this. That's when it's hard to, you know, live for yourself. Now, as far as coaching, um, grandpa, you know, he, he didn't just do a lot for me from a coaching perspective, but more of a life perspective, but truly just how he carried himself, you know, in front of people, how charming he was of a human being, how much, how caring he was. You know, it's kind of funny. I think about all those characteristics. And again, I feel like I apply that to my daily life, but I also bring that into my career as well as just being a good person. I, I tell everyone all the time, you know, 
it's it, it's it's really easy to be a good person to be honest with someone um, with friends with family with colleagues and certain things like that I, I you know I try I really do try to you know apply it to my career yeah, and I think that's an important point too. I feel like doors really open when you're somebody that people enjoy being around and that they learn from and they feel motivated by. And even that sense of humor, I mean, it's kind of light and you don't really think of it as being one of the most valuable lessons or things to bring into the workplace. But it is important if people like getting on the phone with you and they enjoy having conversations with you, they are going to do it again and they're going to spend time on you and they're going to bring energy that is going to help you to both work together better and to develop and grow. And that really does pave the way for you to develop in your career. So having a personality and treating people well, it, it does help you to grow in your career. Yeah. You know, you, you think of it as such an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel that sometimes maybe you get lost in that aspect and, and kind of in your, in your mind. Again, I'm really fortunate, not just for the people I work with at Freesia, but also the people I work with externally. Um, you know, I, re- I really do care about you know, the people I work with. And I'm, you know, I'm, it makes me really excited that I've been able to great, uh, develop such great relationships. I think also as you gain confidence in your career, you feel better about bringing your full personality to work. And that I think helps you to come off more authentic, more trustworthy, and it helps you to develop those relationships further. I think it's harder when you are maybe first starting your career or you're newer at a company, you want to just be as professional as you can, be as buttoned up, and it doesn't necessarily allow for you to just bring your entire self and to bring your whole personality. But once you are comfortable doing that, it shows and that confidence instills confidence in others. And that's a person that you will give your time to that you want to buy from. Yeah, no, I couldn't say it better than myself, honestly. Well, tell me more about the successes and sales. Obviously, when you close a deal, that is reason to celebrate. But other than that, when you think about your career, when are times that you have felt really successful? I've been really fortunate to work with many, you know, people at our company across multiple teams and at the same time mentoring some of our SDRs or as well as associates and seeing them, you know, get promoted or seeing them maybe close a deal or just seeing something that they accomplished that they've been really working hard at. Maybe they're working on a deck or something and knowing that you had such a small percentage of helping them, but they got to mm-hmm. that goal that maybe you helped push them a little bit. That's what makes me so happy, truly. And, you know, in my career, it's, it's seeing other people succeed that maybe you you lent a little helping hand to. Yeah, I find that to be the, the most rewarding thing, too. I think it is important to have that hands-on experience so that you can pass that knowledge along to somebody else and be that hand that is lifting them up to the next level. Have you thought about potentially moving into more people management? No, I think it's always on, you know, on my mind. I think I'm lucky enough that Freesia I get to do a little bit, you know, at, mm-hmm. at my company. You know, I get to mentor some of our SDRs. I get to work with some of our associates. You know, on the mm-hmm. career path, hopefully, you know, one day I get to an opportunity that can maybe manage some more people. But again, I really do think I'm fortunate that you know, even in my current role, I'm able to do a lot of those things already. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Do you set goals or milestones for your career? So in the past, have you set them? Do you have future goals that you want to achieve? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think I have it. I, I absolutely set goals for myself. Um, I think it's really important too, because in the end, you should be striving to accomplish something, um, both from a work perspective as well as a personal uh, perspective. From a work perspective, you know, there's always certain numbers you obviously want to hit, you know, in sales, but at the same time too, just being able to hit like certain things that you want to become better at. So one thing that for me personally, I really wanted to become like a better writer. Um, that's something I've been challenged with. So I've been really, you know, striving when I'm, you know, doing certain types of uh, documents or, you know, whatever it can be um, with writing and really just trying to ensure that I'm sharpening up my skills there and really to, taking the time to do research, trying to find other external, you know, resources that can help me become like a stronger writer. That's one, you know, one objective I have for myself. Yeah. Um, from like another, you know, work objective, one thing that I personally get so much satisfaction with is and I, I, I kind of mentioned it before but, but seeing other people succeed um, one of my goals and objectives you know thus far working at free agent but really just in my life is always being able to offer a helping hand um, I know days like this always get crazy um, especially during Q4 but one of my goals I've always had was to always ensure that I'm able to find time to help others um, mm-hmm. Truly, that's where I get a lot of most of my satisfaction from, you know, thus far in my career. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that. That's what drives me the most. That what that's what excites me to get out of bed and to log on in to work and start to do. So I definitely understand that drive. You get like a message, you know, from another team member saying, like, hey, like, you know, I did this or I did that, and they're all so excited and it brings me so much joy to also be able to celebrate those, you know, those accomplishments with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You just went through a personal huge milestone and got married. I'm curious which one. Congratulations, obviously. Um, But I'm curious, how do your professional goals align with your personal ones? Yeah, that's a great question. So first and foremost, my wife is Carl. I think I've already said her name once or twice, but just to, you know, really as I started just using the word Carl instead of my wife. (laughs) Um, we definitely, you know, set personal goals, you know, both our, our relationship, you know, you know, where we want to be in two years, five years, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, everything that we kind of want to do, I also, you know, definitely think it aligns to just our career growth too. You know, we want to be successful. What does that mean? Do we want to be like a leader in, at an organization? Do we want to take a step back and, you know, you know, maybe try to find another path, let's just say, for example, but you know, as far as like our relationship goals, you know, we have set forth to, you know, I think be the best people we can be, you know, first and foremost to each other, but -hmm. also to our friends, to our family. And again, I just think that just aligns with, you know, how we both also work, you know, work at work. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, just being good to people, being honest, being trustworthy. I think the biggest thing is that you never want to come off as someone that maybe might be arrogant or someone that they don't trust you. And, you know, those are certain things that, you know, as we work on relationships, you know, I'm just married, there's obviously going to be bumps and turns that we need to work on for our relationship, but taking even those lessons to the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so nice to have a partner that is really aligned in your values and how you want to present yourself to the world and the impact that you want to have on other people and the help that you want to give to others that I think is really motivating to have just in your home and be a part of your everyday lives. 
no, I, I totally agree. And that's like, you know, Carl and I definitely, you know, we talk, we talk a lot about, you know, I think in the end, having that open communication is so important in any type of relationship. And again, that also applies to your work, how you're having a relationship with your manager, how you're having a relationship with your clients. Again, having that line of communication, um, being able to, you know, know when you need to get on the phone, when you can send an email, when you can have, have to have a conversation face to face, just the same similar things that, you know, within just a relationship at home. Yeah, that's a good point. You have to have empathy for your partner at home. And I think that helps you to practice having empathy for your client or your prospect. Well, tell me about what you wish you had learned earlier in your career. Six years is a long time um, to be at one company and developing and growing there since college. I'm curious, what do you wish you knew maybe as an SDR coming in? Yeah. Um, definitely a few things I wish I knew. One, first and foremost, being that again, I'm gonna keep using the word failure, but understanding that you are going to fail, but continuing to, you know, push yourself, I think maybe in earlier my in my career, I think that I definitely was almost like a roller coaster that I wore my emotions on my sleeves. I think I'm definitely becoming better at it, but always can you know, work on it. Um, another thing I, I think I wish I knew in my career is the willingness to find a mentor early on. Um, I definitely had a lot of people earlier in my career, definitely very influential, not just from a work perspective, but also from, you know, from home as well. But being able to almost have like weekly conversations with someone, um, being able to talk to someone about what's happening, what you want to do to try to get better at it. Um, I definitely think having an open dialogue communication with someone is just so crucial um, in the end, you're always able to get things out that you just need to get out of, you know, be able to talk about. So I think that for someone who's starting their career, just being able to have a conversation with someone, again, it doesn't just have to be from someone from work, it could be someone, you know, from your home. Um, last thing that I wish I knew was, this is maybe an interesting point, but one thing that I, you know, I really wish I knew maybe a little more earlier on in my career is how important attention to detail is. And I know that sounds it's like, oh, that, that's obvious thing. But kind of with it, you know, within sales specifically, there's so many things always moving around. You have to wear so many multiple hats. Um, but understanding the importance of not just getting something done just to get it done, but actually going through those appropriate steps to check yourself. So you do something, you accomplish it. How are you checking yourself? Do you need to get someone else's eyes on it? Um, should you read it once over again? Just your ability to ensure that you're putting the best product out there versus just throwing something out there is so important. I think earlier in my career, you know, I was always just trying to get things done fast um, because I wanted to ensure I kept going to the next and the next thing to see more results and results. Um, you know, one lesson I think I learned from my manager is almost like taking that step back. Like you're doing a great job. You're maybe fig- you're, you're figuring out some careless mistakes how about we slow down 20% and we'll start forgetting about those mistakes. And I think it's just so important for people who are starting their careers just to have that attention to detail, to understand that, yes, you might have a lot on your plate, but what you're doing, ensure that you're setting it forward and accomplishing what you need to accomplish before you move on to that next task. 
Yeah, I think that is a really good point. I think a really quick way to lose legitimacy is to have a dumb grammar mistake or to spell somebody's name wrong. If somebody's spelling my name wrong and they're trying to sell me something, I'm like automatically delete. That's, I'm not listening to the next thing you say. <laughs> That's my big no-no. Elite yeah. You're going to make a mistake in the email every now and then, but do not mess some, up someone's name. Uh-uh. No, you will never hear from that person ever again. And that could have been a good sale, but you just lose all credibility if you can't even get their name right. So yeah. it is really important. And it's not something that you're really thinking too hard about when you are just trying to get out as many touches as possible or trying to, um, you know, just get in contact with as many people as you can. Exactly. And that's something that I, you know, I preach to anyone just joining, like, even SDR, just at work on accounts. You know, one of my famous questions I always ask in interviews, what's more important to you? Is it the quality of work or the quantity of work? Mm-hmm. And if I hear the word quantity, it's probably not the best answer I want to hear. I definitely <laughs> want to hear quality. I always say to people that quality leads to quantity. So if you're doing better work, you'll see better results versus just blasting out, let's say, like 50 emails, 100 emails. Um, mm-hmm. Truly about what you're putting into it. It's, you know, saying too, it's like garbage in, garbage out. So <laughs> if you're going to do something, put your best foot forward mm-hmm. and you will see those positive results. Yeah, I think the small pieces really do matter. Like if you make a mistake, that is going to matter. And if you do something small by um, connecting with them on the college that they went to or showing that you made the small step of, I don't know, seeing their favorite sports team on LinkedIn or something, that does make a difference. Those are small things that make really big differences. I couldn't agree more. It's it, it's just those little things that can help grab someone's attention. But at the same time, too, it's like, let's say you see someone. And this could be both from a work perspective as well as a personal you know, experience. Let's say, hey, like I had my dad's 60th birthday or my mm-hmm. cousin just got engaged. And next time you see them, remember to ask them, that. How, how did that go? Again, yeah. it's just going back to that fact. Be a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. My favorite is to ask people about their kids. And I'm so bad with remembering names. So I always just say, how's the little one? And it always goes over well. <laughs> Honestly, I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to keep track of all the things. It is, but if you just say, how's the little one, nobody will think twice about it. Exactly. It always works out. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh. Well, one last question. I'm curious, what sort of advice do you have for somebody that's trying to figure out what they want to do in their careers long term? Try out many things. Don't just subject yourself to first and foremost applying for one specific field. Take mm-hmm. many interviews. Try to take an interview in a business you know, field. Maybe it's sales, marketing, communications. Try something out of the box. Maybe you want to try something with like public relations. Um, just being able to talk to as many people, I truly believe, will help shape where your career is going to go. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, if you take a first job and you're not happy with it, it's okay to try something new. And maybe that next one is going to be the right fit. Maybe yeah. it's not. You're going to try something else. Just your willingness to experiment and try different things will, in my opinion, help mold you into the person you're going to be, but also shape you for your career. 
Mm-hmm. And being really open and vulnerable in those conversations to get a really good understanding of what those jobs look like and what the day-to-day is like and digging deep to think to yourself, like, not only am I qualified and do I think I'm going to do a good job, but is this something that I'm going to want to do? Is this something that I am going to wake up on Mondays and dread? Or am I going to be happy and excited to log in and to do this work? Um, so I, I think that's a really great point. Like just having those conversations with people and asking questions to understand what that looks like is only going to help you to grow. I think you also hit the nail on the head and something that I also probably wish I knew earlier on my career too is your willingness to ask questions. One of my biggest pet peeves is, you know, people staying on a call and they're on mute the entire time. And nine out of 10 times, you're thinking the same question as that person right next to you. (laughs) So your willingness to ask questions and almost be vulnerable, you know, Mm -hmm. in the end, you never want to, you know, you never want to think of yourself like you're asking a stupid question, but there's no such thing as a stupid question. Because again, nine out of 10 times that person next to you is thinking the same thing. So, you know, when you're on these calls, when you're doing research, ask as many questions as you want, because in the end, you're trying to find that best fit for you too with your career. But at the same time, when you just generally have questions, being willing to ask them and really ultimately help create a solution for yourself. Yeah. I mean, questions show that you're engaged. It shows that you have a curiosity to understand. Whenever I'm hiring folks and they tell me that they don't have any further questions or that they don't have any questions for me, it's such a red flag to me because that means that you're not really that engaged in Mm -hmm. understanding this role and if it's a good fit for you. And I I, I always see that as a negative. I would much rather somebody ask me a quote unquote stupid question than ask me no questions. Oh, I agree 1000% even, you know, when I've done interviews too, just ensuring, you know, I always like to leave that like last five to 10 minutes for, you know, them to ask questions. And I really, truly hope that they, you know, they do come with questions. Um, Again, I want them to ask me anything because I also want to leave that call that they feel reassured that they ultimately have a good grasp on what they're applying towards um, and really just leaving them with no doubt on, you know, questioning if this is the right fit or not for them. Mm -hmm. You can also tell, I think, when you're interviewing folks, if they are just Googling what question should I ask in an interview and getting uh, like canned questions from Google, like I really want to see that you've done some research and you are asking questions that are coming from a place of you actually being curious and not just you trying to show that you want to come off as curious. It's just that research. I, you know, yeah. I really look for for people doing it in advance. Again, you know, just logging onto the company website, taking a scroll through it, asking yourself, you know, certain things on, you know, it might relate to your day to day. It might just be a general question about the company, but being able to actually do that in advance, it just shows so much on interviews. You could uh, you could always tell people who did their, you know, their research in advance. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on, Josh. This was so great. I love this conversation. No, this is awesome. Thanks, Courtney, for having me. Go to unchartedcareers.com if you're interested in one-on-one career coaching or are looking to learn more about uncharted careers and my coaching approach. Thanks for listening.